Good morning. Welcome in the name of Jesus. And happy 4th of July tomorrow. But speaking of 4th of July, we're gonna, our theme today is going to be freedom, but not freedom of our country, freedom in Christ. And we'll probably talk a little bit about the celebration of the 4th of July also. But we're going to focus on Galatians chapter 5, where Paul talks about freedom. So if you have your Bibles with you, either hardback or telephones or whatever, you might want to open it up and follow along with us uh, this morning. As always, we pray and hope as, as we gather together as Christ's family here is that we're blessed through, through the words, through our readings, through the sermons, most certainly through the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and that our faith is strengthened, and that we receive any healing that we need. So you please rise. And we're going to begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We sing our opening hymn, Before You, Lord, We Bow. freedom, Christ has set us free. Walk by the Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. 
and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse in the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. We sing, I stand in awe of you.
Eternal Father, strong to save. In the beginning, you created all things good. The sea, the land, the air, the creatures in their rightful place. And the crown of your creation, humanity, which was very good and intended for a perfect relationship with you. Sin ceased the perfect world. And because of that, we come to you in confession of our faults and fallings. We are. Our eternal Father is strong to save and has done that in giving His only begotten Son into this once perfect world. To be the only needed sacrifice for our sins so we and all creation may be renewed, redeemed, and restored in relationship with Him. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by His authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For freedom of Christ has set us free. Walk by the Spirit. You sing 10,000 reasons. Thank you. 
Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of all nations, we thank you for our free land and the liberties we treasure. Guide your people by your spirit that this nation may set an example to the world of justice and freedom. From the blessings of the past to the present, grant all future prosperity according to your will. Give all peoples of all lands and nations faith in you that glory may be brought to your name and eternal blessings to all people throughout your creative world. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 through 18. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, 
of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and whose, out of whose hills you can dig copper. You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, and when all you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 and 13 through 25. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these opposed to, these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And the things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also walk by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. 
For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I don't see any children this morning, so we'll sing How Deep the Father's Love.
Our sermon text this morning is, comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1, 13 to 25. Tomorrow is Independence Day, but before I get there, is there anything familiar, familiar about our text today that I haven't even started talking about yet? Last. I want you to... How many of you were here last week or watched that die? Somebody said, oh yeah, wait a minute. We heard this text last week, didn't we? It was our text last week. But last week, do you remember what I focused on last week? I know, tough test. Please somebody spit it out. One, one word. Faithfulness. So out of all the things that Paul wrote about in chapter 5, that's all we focused on last week. So today we're going to focus on what he really focuses on the most in chapter 5, which is freedom. And so tomorrow is Independence Day, the day that we as a country celebrate the fact that we are free. Freedom is a great blessing. But unless you've been a slave or you've been in jail, you'll probably never really know just how great it is to be free. So what do you all think is the, is the biggest symbol of freedom in our country? The flag? Yeah, I would think so. Many people say the uh, Statue of Liberty, because that's the first thing you see if you're coming to this country for the first time by a boat. So, for the children's message today, I brought a flag. So, I'm going to show it to you since the children weren't here. We have a flag hanging up outside our house, um, especially for the holiday. Um, this is my grandfather's flag. It was given to my mother when, when he died. He was a Marine, served our country to... Um, Keep us free. And then my mom gave it to me before she passed away. And so it's, it's uh, actually here in my office. I don't have a house. It's in my office. And uh, I was going to use it as my illustration with the kids. So you became the kids for a moment. You guys see the flag. We'll get to that maybe a little later. So, so another question now. So the flag, I think, is really, really big for our country. But, but of all the people in the world... What group of people enjoy the greatest amount of freedom? What was that? Christians? And that, that would be the correct answer. Um, and <laughs> most people say, us Americans. And it would be strange enough that is not the right answer, even if we took Christians out of the picture. Um, we are not the most free. But the, the focus really is that Christians, no matter where you are in the world, um, Christians in third world countries, Christians in communist countries are more free than you and I are as Americans. Because they're free in Christ. And, and some people say, well, how is that possible? You know, if you're living in that world in the communist country, you have no freedoms. But if you're living in Christ... Paul tells us in, in this book, Galatians, that we have a kind of freedom that is greater than any ever freedom. And, and we see that here, right? We have the freedom to come to the worship service every Sunday. We have the freedom to actually talk about whatever we want to talk about in any manner we want to talk about, whether other people like it or not. But the freedom that God talks about very specifically in the Bible is a very special kind of freedom. In the first verse of Galatians 5, God speaks this way through Paul. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 
And that yoke of slavery that Paul was talking about was the pressure of trying to simply earn your way to heaven. Every day, trying to be a perfect person. Anybody here succeed? No. Put my down, way down, right? Um, the yoke of slavery, then, is also the, the hope of pleasing God enough that someday we actually earn our way to heaven. But the Bible describes all that as slavery. And Paul here tells the Galatians that Christ has set you free from all of that. Christ has earned salvation for you. You are free from trying to earn your way to heaven, from frustration, from guilt, from fear. You're free. And that's a special kind of freedom that God talks about in Scripture. And it's just as important and it's just as much for you today as it was when Paul penned it. Now, in our country, we do enjoy a great deal of political freedom. As I said, Americans are free to believe whatever they want, to say whatever they want, to do whatever they want, as long as we don't break the law. And all that, I think, is really, for the most part, good. But sometimes people use their American freedom in a way that doesn't please God. People use horrible language, promote immorality, say hurtful things about other people. And we can do that in our country because we have freedom of speech. People can live immoral lifestyles. They can focus their entire self-centered lives on whatever they want to. And once again, we can because we are free. But a person that lives that way may look free, but according to the Bible, that person is really a slave. A person who speaks crudely or lives immorally is a slave to the sinful nature. That person may feel free, may even look free on the outside. But on the inside, he's being held captive by his sinful desires. But Paul told the Galatians, he also says to us, verse 13 says, For you were called to, be, to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. And then jump to verse 16. Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You and I have been freed from our sins by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But we are surrounded by people who indulge their sinful desires. And that's slavery. And that's our temptation, too. To go along with everyone else. To gratify the desires of our sinful nature. Verse 19 describes the sinful nature that lives inside each one of us. As I read through the list, ask yourself, have I ever done these things? Verse 19. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Even in your thoughts. Sensuality. Idolatry. That means loving anything more than God. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. 
Paul then says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have fallen into these sins, haven't we? As Americans, we are politically free. As Christians, we are spiritually free. But at times, we use our freedom to indulge the sinful nature that each and every one of us has. It's almost as though Christ has set us free from, from a prison of sin, and yet at times, we walk right back into our prison cells and lock ourselves in. And so another thought for you to think about today is, have you allowed yourself become a slave to your sinful nature. But we have comfort. And the comfort is to know that Jesus forgives you of all of these sins. He did that by being the kind of person that you and I could never be. He was loving, joyful, peaceful, patient. He was kind, good, faithful, gentle, and a man of self-control. Jesus was all these things. And he did it as our substitute. When you look at that cross, remember that this is what Jesus did for you. He sacrificed his life on the cross for each and every one of us. And he did these things for me, for you, and then he credits his whole life to your account in my account. This morning, many of you will be taking the Lord's Supper. And as you do, think about this. This is a sacrament of freedom. The body and blood of Christ sacrificed for you so that you and I could be free from guilt, free from fear, free from punishment. You are free. You can say goodbye to all those things and live a new life of freedom. And what does that look like? Freedom doesn't look like drunkenness or selfishness or impurity. Christ has set you free to love other people as you would love yourself. You are free to be a joyful person, to be peaceful. You are free to be patient when a person the life in general just won't cooperate with you. Christ has set you free to be kind, to be good, to be faithful to those who are depending on you. Christ has set you free to be the most gentle person around and to be a person of self-control. That's what freedom looks like. You see, when you not, are not trying to earn your way to heaven, when you're not feeling guilty or afraid, when you realize that Christ has taken your sins away, then you really are free. And you can be this person that Paul describes. Now you might ask, where can I get this strength to be that sort of a person? Well, Paul gives us that answer too. Verse 24, he says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If you and I live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. A Christian is someone who crucifies the flesh, the sinful nature, and keeps in step with the Holy Spirit. 
Paul says, do you know how to do that? And it's simply every time that you go to God and confess your sins as you did this morning, and then you thank Him for that, because you know that in Christ, it is God who forgives you. Confession and pondering God's forgiveness, that's what gives you and me strength. That's what changes us. Every time that you confess your sinful nature and keep in step with the Spirit, that's how God changes you into someone who is free. Tomorrow we will see flags all along the street on hilltop. You'll see flags probably in your neighborhood, all symbols of freedom. To be free to live and to believe any way you want. It really is something to thank God for. But even more than that, every day we thank God for our spiritual freedom. Our symbol is the cross, and it is our life. And God bless you as you live your freedom every day. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God. Let us pray for the church of God, the nation, all nations, and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Father, you have given all we need for this body and life with your creation and providential care. Help us see from the earthly to the eternal the greatest gift you have given in your Son, that we may be and remain forgiven and free. We give thanks for this land in which we, we are citizens, even as we are assured of our citizenship in heaven. Bless our country that your wisdom, justice, compassion, and mercy be unveiled through those placed in leadership. Be with all nations in the world that wars may end, the greater good of all people be worked for, and peace had, all, had among all. As you have given humanity the crown of your creation, Dominion over all you have made. Enable and empower us to be good and faithful stewards of everything we are blessed to have, including our time 
our treasures, our abilities, and the very earth with which we are blessed. Grant that our work, vocations, and relationships honor and glorify you in all we do. We pray for those who face suffering and strife in body, mind, and spirit. Grant them healing and comfort according to your will. As we face the consequences of sin and and the troubles of temptation around us each day, draw us near to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has set us free with full forgiveness through his victory over the cross and the grave until the last day when all things will be made new. In your hands we commend all from whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose power and salvation transcends the nations and kingdoms of the world. Lead us to your heavenly kingdom, where in divine glory and freedom from sin, his name is worshipped and glorified. Therefore, as angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, with the saints gathered before your throne from every nation, we laud and magnify your glorious name, singing, Great is the Lord.
Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth. Even when creation rebelled against you, you gave your only begotten Son into death, that we might be saved and set free from the lasting consequences of sin and eternal death. By your Spirit, prepare our hearts to receive the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and save. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood. It is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. As we receive the the life-giving bread Christ has given to us by his own body, we give thanks to you for for the daily bread also provided for us out of your grace. As we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? What is meant by daily bread? Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
please rise? Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. As Christ has forgiven us and set us free, we rejoice in our independence from all we have ever need, fear. Grant your holy and life-giving spirit that we may serve you as we seek to end divisions, overcome prejudice, and seek justice. Grant that we live in peace with one another through the peace you have restored in our relationship with you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Walk by the Spirit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing, lift high the cross.
Amen. Please be seated. Do you have any announcements this morning? Laura? So, today is the first Sunday of the month, July, and it is when we reach into our pockets and reach into our purses and pull out the quarters and pennies and $10 bills and put them in the mite box that's in the narthex. And these mites are a good ministry through the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. The mission that we're working on presently St. Andrews of Stockton has had a ministry for the adult mentally and physically handicapped for the last 56 years. In normal times, three Saturdays a month, church members welcome the disabled adults for a worship time, a Bible study, related crafts, celebrate birthdays, sing Bible songs, and share prayer requests. Through this ministry, 45 often overlooked children of God have come to know our Lord and been baptized. Due to COVID, the participants were not able to leave their facilities. Grant funds are needed to help provide a customized outdoor vacation Bible school program for these mentally and physically challenged adults. The grant provides funds for materials for BBS crafts, Bible study material, snacks, and gas for transportation. So um, pick up your purse, dump it out, and find all change that you find in the bench and put it in the little purple box out there. And then reach down deep into your pockets, please. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Care? There is a purple box out in the narthex that we are going to continue to collect items for uh, the homeless. And we're giving these items to the rescue mission. There is a current needs list. It will be updated monthly. And just bring your stuff. And some box will be in the narthex. It may change. It may get moved. But just put your items in the box. And one thing I learned when we went to the uh, mission tour is that the little sample ones you get at the motel, um, this is what they give out to people to take showers. But they don't have those. They can't give big bottles. They don't give those out. They have to fill the little ones. So I'm asking for the, you to bring your free motel shampoos and lotions. Thanks, Gary. Anybody else? Stephanie? Uh... We have to keep Jason happy or we have no worship service. So let's all sing Jason happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Jason is one of, one of us who came down with COVID, and, and he did a remarkable job leading Jeremy last week to the online worship service to make it go. And they both did it. I just watched them do it. As Jason was at home on the phone, and Jeremy was here praying. So, and it worked, it worked great. So, but we're happy he's back. 
Uh, we have a lot of people back. As, as many of you know, we've had some COVID going through. Members of our congregation, some are still out with it. Um, everybody, most everybody is doing really, really well. We have one or two who are struggling a little bit, but uh, seem to be on the well, well on the way to, to a healthy life. If there are no other announcements, we do have Bible study today. We're Romans chapter 6. So you should all come for that because, it, you know, it ends with this great verse in verse 23. Anybody know verse 23? That's a great verse, but that wasn't it. It talks about death and life. So, um, so now you all have to come. Since nobody can tell me what that verse is, you all have to come. And we have, uh, look at that, you've got a long time for a cup of coffee and juice. We didn't sing it. I thought we sang a lot today. I guess we need to sing some more. Um, but go in peace. Serve the Lord. Be safe out there. It's Fourth of July weekend. There's crazies on the road. There are firecrackers being thrown at people and all that kind of stuff. Don't catch them. Step aside and let it fall. So let's go in peace and serve the Lord.